0: So this is the self-development and with you. tactics book.
1: Ooh, this one's probably gonna be a little bit tiny different, or a little tiny bit different, because today we're gonna actually watch a video and today um we are going to react to, or I'm going to react, well, quote-unquote react, I don't want to say react because it is kind of connotated with a little bit of a like not-good thing. <laughs> quite. Um, but we're going to watch a video by Seth Gordon and or staring Seth Gordon to kind of be a little bit more precise, but it is from the Nordic Business Forum. I might be linking it down in the description or in the show notes if you're on the podcast. And I also hope, just because I'm thinking about it right now, that the audio is not gonna to be too variable in terms of like me being too loud and Seth being just too silent or something. I'm gonna try my best and I'm gonna have a look at that. Um, but it should I guess be then quite fine. Um, yeah, I think we're just gonna go right into it and let's see what this is all about. I think I have already been watching this but it's probably like some some time till then or some, some time since then. So, so I don't know what it's going to be about, but I think and I know that it's going to be about something cool because Seth Gordon is talking about something. So yeah, um, we're going to see after the intro. Please check out the description or that description actually, because there's a lot of free things that you can get. First of all, there is the link to the podcast because this is actually a podcast and a YouTube quote unquote show. On the other hand you're also going to get three things as I said for example the free PDFs of the things that I've highlighted in this episode or in other episodes if I've highlighted something then it is going to be in a tiny PDF you can download it and print it and share it and do whatever with it and there is everything in this that I've gone through in this episode which is pretty amazing because some people like to listen therefore we're having a podcast some people like to watch therefore we're having the YouTube videos and some other people like to read things and this is why there's also the free pdf and there's as well some music so if you do want to have some background music in this video then please also check out the third link or it's actually I think the fourth link but third section something like that and there's also just different tracks to choose from and they're all I think an hour long so you should be fine everything should be fine should be good to go and yeah enjoy the episode and I'm gonna see you and here it is Seth, going into marketing, storytelling, attention, and the future of work. It is a 19 minute, 25 second video. And I have consciously just taken this one because I believe and I hope and I guess and I I more or less hope actually that it is good. And by the way, I also hope that the construction here is good because I'm there and the YouTube is there and whatnot. Yeah. Let's see. I also, hope it's not too laggy, but I think it should be quite fine. You know, small as a body audio. marketing
0: is the idea of delivering anticipated, personal, and relevant messages that people want to get. And as obvious as that sounds, in 1996 and 1998, that was a revolutionary statement. That marketing and advertising were the same thing then, and that people thought that if you had money, you could interrupt whoever you wanted. And I started an internet company before the World Wide Web called yo -Yo and we invented permission marketing, the idea of only contacting people who wanted to hear from us. And the simple test is, would they miss you if you were gone? If you didn't show up, would people say, why didn't you show up? And most advertising doesn't meet that test. Well, we were having trouble explaining to big companies, our clients were people like American Express and Carter Wallace, why this worked it would take us months to make a sale. So since I understood how to make books, I made a book about it. Uh, what I have discovered was that uh, quite a journey occurred. First I got kicked out of the Direct Marketing Association because they didn't approve of my heresy. And then uh, a few marketers got the idea. But then you discovered companies like Groupon and Google being based completely on the idea. So it has created literally billions and billions of dollars of value. Uh, and. I'm not responsible for all the email you get in your inbox, but the email you want to get, I'll take a little bit of credit for that.
1: I think this is really something to 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 talk about and just point out that um, there is, and, and we still see it, and I also still see it. I just have to plug in my computer, so sorry for the off audio. Um, I still see, it, like, uh, advertising being there and I do not really want to see it. Like, I do not want to have it. And I always did wonder what, what they want to achieve and what they want to do because I think they also know that nobody wants to actually click on their fucking ad. Maybe I'm referring to the ad that's on the bottom of YouTube. Sometimes I actually, I think once or twice I clicked on it because I was interested in it, but I'm mostly referring to those ads that are popping up when you see just whatever on a website and you're just scrolling through and suddenly something hits your face and it is a fucking ad. And nobody actually clicks on it at least i'm not doing it and most of the other people are just really bothered by them and it is kind of like why why you know why exactly are you advertising in this way because nobody cares and nobody wants to have it in this way and just everyone is bothered by it so yeah Uh, there's actually a few questions so i'm going to read them what would be in seth gordon's marketing hall of fame
0: Well, the good news is there is a Direct Marketing Hall of Fame. And after the Direct Marketing Association kicked me out, a few years later, they called me back and invited me in. So I had a little plaque up there somewhere. Anyway, uh, you know, this idea that you can build an entity around it, we see it in American politics now far more than it ever was before. We see it in in, uh, companies like Blue Apron and Dropbox and Slack, all of which are built on this idea that we can communicate to people in ways that they want to be communicated to it turns out that's more valuable than stuff that amazon
1: and i do want to point out like he said communicating in a way that people also will communicate or other people the people that you are just probably trying to get to in terms of marketing wise or whatnot um just channels that they're also using like yes this is a good reason why to use Just social media advertisements and advertising and still a lot of also major companies are not doing that. At least I'm not getting anything and as far as I know they're also not doing that. But it is like, yes, it is like difficult I would say because of course like something worked like just, oh fuck, it's not been good. Oh no. Can I just do it like this? Because I've pressed 9 because 9 is this camera view. But it is also, like, just not good for that thing, for the video as such. Um, Yeah, anyway. So, a lot of major companies still don't advertise on social media. And I wonder why. Of course, there might be some reasons, like, okay, it has always been working our flyers and shit. But there's not a lot of attention, you know. There's not a lot of people that are communicating in this way anymore. So being in the places where the people that you want to serve and want to communicate with are, makes sense. You know, whether they are in some forums, then go on the forums. When they are on just, I don't know, on on Twitter, you kind of have to be on Twitter then, you know? And I think this is also something that's gotten recognized um him, him only having the blog which is an amazing blog and you should always check it out and also having a podcast now he's also on instagram because he has seen that some of these people i guess at least you know just a guess an assumption of mine that some of these people that are just following him and um, people that like him they are also on instagram maybe also on facebook and also on linkedin apparently as well so yeah it's not really about what, what you think and what you want to do. Of course, you can also be like, well, I'm not going to do that, you know, which is probably something that a lot of people are saying about like TikTok. I'm not going to do that. You know, it's not something that I'm going to make. But um, it's more or less about where the people are that you're trying to get to, basically. So the next question is attention as an, ad- as an asset. I'm sorry.
0: People only buy from you for two reasons. They know you exist and they trust you. Awareness and trust. That's all. The thing about awareness is they're not making any more of it. The thing about paying attention is if I pay you my attention, I don't have it anymore. It's gone forever. So we're getting more and more focused on keeping our attention to ourselves, not giving it to whoever shows up. Marketers have a history of just taking attention and wasting it. But going forward, marketers who treasure that, who cherish it, who grow it and nurture it, those marketers do better. Than the ones who are just racing around with an emergency
1: biggest mistakes on making a well the biggest mistake
0: marketers make over and over again is the hubris of selfishness the narcissism of i made this it was really hard you should look at me i owe
1: and i think this is something that you might also know and might have also seen like um people making something and i like to refer to some Um, some clothing brands and apparel brands that you can just make really easily nowadays, Um, making something and then assuming and maybe even expecting, even though this is like truly two really harsh words, I would say, because if you're then really expecting something to happen, then you're already in a really bad place because possibilities are pretty high that this is not going to be the case. And this is then quite bad, I assume. Then and you're gonna feel quite bad, but um, just making something and assuming that people are gonna come and people are also gonna like it is just not a good assumption. You should not assume that and you should also not expect that because this is not a reason I would say. Like, coming actually back to just thinking about just the person you're trying to serve, which is, I think, an underlying principle that a lot of people should be going for, like, not being selfish, as Seth also said, but thinking about the people that you're trying to do something for what what do they want to have do they want to have this apparel thing and if they want it or if if they need it how should it be like what should it be like what should it have what clothing things should it have should it have trousers and also this and that some hairbands, i don't know different things a lot of different things and by the way i guess it is better when i'm muting myself but i'm also not going to do that i'm not quite sure
0: well, anyway. And you owe me your attention. There's no humility there. There's no generosity there. There's no connection there. So that is the is the big shift that we need to make. We need to make this shift away from having a tantrum and acting like a three-year-old to patiently earning the attention of the people we seek to serve.
1: Attention in the social media well, you era. you know,
0: there are people who are far better than I to talk to you about stuff like this, people like Gary Vee who understand how to do the platform dance. I have no interest in it at all. I think that it's a trap. I think it's a way to avoid the other work, which is the work that makes you being someone they will seek out that over and over again, the next bestseller is a surprise bestseller. The ones that no one expected that the movie industry spends billions of dollars a year using tried-and-true platform techniques. And yet, the movies that delight and make enough money are the surprises that didn't follow any of those steps. That, you know, it used to be you ran your coming attractions Thursday night on TV at 8 p.m. because that was blah, 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 and there's a method. I don't think you need a method. I think you just need to care.
1: And, and this is as well, like, an, an underlining, or lying, what I call principle, I would say. I'm not quite sure if it is a principle, but I... I'm referring to it as a principle right now to care about the work that you're doing and the funny thing is I'm at this point in time also going through and the podcast like um, and there's so many things that I actually refer to this right now which is really funny um, also it is a book by Seth Gordon which is called The Icarus Deception which is basically about the story of Icarus but there's also some other things and, and thoughts that went into it and are just basically extracted by it also because it is a summary and not really the book per se and or as such the thing is caring about the work and caring about the work as if you would be an artist because if you're an artist you really truly care about whatever you're putting out because it is your art because it is something that you did because it is something that you did with your passion and with your willpower and energy and time and just as such thinking about being an artist is something completely different as thinking about you being a worker quite you know And this is also about that. And another funny story that I just think about, and I'm going to switch the camera once again, by not pressing any buttons, because I've learned from that. Um, One of my teachers in in school said, and I'm attending a graphic design school, said that uh, there was once a project, and it turned out, or in the end it's quite a major project, and it's also quite, like, um, it's how should I say, it's still running, I think it's been, can you say it as a logo? I think you can refer to it as a logo, so it was a project um, different companies and different agencies were working on and it was about a logo for a specific city. Um, this specific city wanted to have a new logo and it should have uh, like different assumptions like okay it should be about this and that and whatnot. And a lot of companies try to, and also a lot of agencies, therefore as well, try to really compress all the ideas the city had for what the logo should look like, what it should be like, what it should just communicate and all these things. They tried to really put everything into this fucking logo. But the other company that in the end won, and the whole story is about this logo and also about uh, the company, they didn't really do that, you know, they just did something. That it's something that in the end worked out really fine and was looking really good and also communicated something not exactly what they wanted initially, but also something good. And they, maybe they have sold it to them really just well and they have therefore won the whole thing, but they have succeeded by not really caring about the initial breathing by the, by the client per se or as such. And it is also something that I've seen like, as I'm thinking about it, PewDiePie has also been talking about that. As funny as it is, he said that it is not always the case that the audience really knows what they want to have because sometimes he was doing something and they really liked it. You know, but initially they wanted to have something else. But he just maybe didn't want to do it or something, I don't remember. But he did he did something else quite. And which led to them actually anyway liking it which is a funny thing I'd say, you know, because I don't know. I know sometimes we as quote unquote professionals maybe know it better, quite. You could say it, but I think in general, really thinking about the audience and really thinking about them is just a good idea, just as such. Um, Well, yeah, let's move on. The next question is, is there a difference between reporting and storytelling?
0: Reporting and storytelling. Well, some journalists would like us to believe that reporting is different than storytelling. But of course it's not. There are a thousand ways to report a story. Is there a true way? If four people see a car accident, does one person actually see what happened and the other three are wrong? Or do all four of us process it in our own way? That American television covers news differently than Dutch television. Are they both doing reporting? Of course they are. But what we know is that human beings process incoming information by telling themselves a story. A story about what they saw, a story about what change it's gonna require, a story about how it fits into their existing worldview. And so there are people who are believing nonsense, like they shouldn't get their kids vaccinated, which is dangerous. Are they evil? I don't think they're evil. I just think they're telling themselves a story that has bad side effects. And these stories need Ground to grow in fertile ground and that comes from our culture the culture is all around us culture destroys everything culture Beats the truth culture beats math culture beats any offer you can make So we have to understand the culture. We have to understand the worldview. We have to understand the perspective of the person We are talking to that the fascinating thing about science is it has a set of rules that Permits it to improve but ignot Semmelweis the brilliant scientist who figured out that if doctors would just wash their hands after they delivered a baby, many children would not die. It took 20 years before other doctors started washing their hands. Because the story that Semmelweis was telling didn't resonate with those doctors. And as a result, millions of babies died. We see this again and again and again. So our job is anyone who wants to make change, because that's what marketers do, our job is to tell a story that resonates with the people who are hearing it
1: and there's i think a lot of things to to expand on especially also the last thought which is marketers make change happen and this is also as such a rule that and the thing that he's often talking about that uh, marketers are not evil they just make things happen and as a marketer you should maybe even also focus on making good things happen. Of course, you can also make bad things happen, which we have also seen in history, like um, smoking, just uh, getting women to smoke or women to smoke, which was only done by marketing quite. A lot of other things that we're just buying and consuming and doing just because of marketing. Um, also, Ignaz Semmelweis, uh, the, the story is a pretty, I think it's, as far as I remember, as far as I remember, it's actually an Austrian, wasn't, Hung- oh, Hungarian, quite um, Ignaz Semmelweis but, but it is clearly like a German name actually um, was a Hungarian physician and scientist now known as an early pioneer of antiseptic procedures described as the savior of mothers. Semmelweis discovered that the incidence of puerperal fever also known as child fever could be drastically cut by the use of hand disinfection of obstetrical clinics. And what so in the end he just washed his hands, but he was working in the Vienna General Hospital. So yeah, citizenship, Kingdom of Hungary, University of Vienna, and University of Budapest. Um, But I think it is really important to point out that what Seth also said that people didn't do it because the story that Ignaz Semmelweis was was. Talking about or spreading or was trying to spread because in the end it didn't really work wasn't a really compelling one so again storytelling seems to be quite of an important thing and also uh, coming back to the the first thought and the first thing they talked about or he was talking about um, which is people are thinking about things in different ways which is totally the case this is also one of the reasons why I guess he's often saying that everybody should blog. First of all, it is a really good exercise to, to, to notice things, since if you know that you have to write something tomorrow, maybe you're going to think about some things that you could write about today. Therefore, you have to make up your mind and form an opinion for different things, which is always a good thing, you know, quite. And also because we all see things in a different way and we all recognize things in a different way and we all just process different things in different ways so that we all have a different perspective on all the things so <laughs> all the situations, situation so whatever it might be which leads to like why shouldn't you you know why shouldn't you have your own blog why shouldn't you have your own podcast why shouldn't you do this why shouldn't you do that right let's see what does authenticity mean to you? And this is like a really, really interesting one. I hope that he's also like, like really, also talk about it in that way that I think
0: he's gonna. But we'll see.
1: Where does authenticity...
0: I don't think there's any such thing as authenticity. I think that when we are being our authentic self, we're wearing diapers and pooping. I mean, that's what... Babies do they're the last time we ever just did whatever we held, how we felt like right ever since then we've been faking it We put on an outfit why so when people see us, they will judge us differently. We comb our hair. We brush our teeth We're doing all of these things not because in that moment It's our authentic self, but because it's the self we choose to put forward so let's redefine authentic to mean consistent our consistent self is one that if you look at it from the back and look at it from the side, it's the same. Our consistent self is the way we behave in front of our mom and in front of our customer. When we're consistent, then we can define that as a sort a, a version of authenticity.
1: Yeah. What story do you regret having believed in? It's actually a pretty interesting one. We're also going to talk about that. But uh, authenticity versus being consistent, consistent in terms of Um, And this is a great story that he talked about and that that I still know just because it is so fucking great. Um, If you do have a barber, you know, and if the barber is authentic and tells you when you are in a barbershop and you're just sitting on this fucking stool and doing whatnot, basically doing nothing, hopefully. And if the barber says, like, I don't really feel like just cutting your hair today. I don't really feel like just cutting your beard today and doing what I am supposed to be doing today. I don't feel like it. Is this something that you want to have? I don't think so. And I think that I'm also quite right here, but um, being consistent therefore and cutting the hair anyway, even though you don't feel like it, even though when you would just be authentic, you wouldn't just do it because you're not feeling like it. Being consistent makes more sense you know because people come to you because they want to have something probably also like in terms of what i'm doing like maybe someday people are just willing to have like this and that video you know of course sometimes i might not feel like that you know but but it's not about that it's not about authenticity even though there's a lot of nuances to that 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 yeah anyway so what story do you regret having believed in which is the next one
0: well, um, and the last one, I'm pretty good at not carrying regrets around too much because they just don't really work very well. But I'll give you a couple of business examples. Uh, in 1993, the story was online services would only work if they made money, and I at the time was working with CompuServe, AOL, and Prodigy, and this thing came along called the World Wide Web. And I believed the story that we were in this static, controlled world. And if it didn't make money, it wasn't real. So I ignored the World Wide Web for a year and a half. I didn't sign up for all the domains I could have. I mean, I was halfway done doing it. I didn't build the website I should have built. I didn't engage in 17 other behaviors because the story, my worldview was we were done. It was AOL, CompuServe, and Prodigy. No one else was welcome. And the World Wide Web, which made no money, which was slower, clunkier, and filled with junk, never gonna to mount to anything. Now, did other people see what was happening differently than I did? Of course they did, right? Jerry and David built Yahoo on the basis of them seeing what I saw and interpreting the exactly the same data totally differently.
1: I'm sorry. I was just wondering what what, what they're talking about, like how important books was tribes for you personally. This is what I've been talking about just before, but I've muted myself and I didn't really get it. So yeah. Um, This is probably going to be the end of the episode, I kind of feel like that I want to do more of them and I kind of feel like, well, by the way, um, question of today, question of today is, um, the question of today is, are you happy? Yes, this is today's question, are you happy? And if you're not, what could you do to just make yourself more happy? I think it's an amazing question. I think it is an, uh, a really important and also necessary question that we all should be kind of thinking about from time to time. But yeah, anyway, I don't really know if I should just do more of that since it's, it's not that original. Of course, I'm just having an overlay of just me sitting here and talking about it, but it is not really like something. But, it, but it's not, not also just necessarily something else than just going through a book. Only that I just don't have to talk all the time. And it might be a little bit good for my voice and just something different once once again and whatnot. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm just, I don't know watching too a lot of YouTube videos and there's a lot of YouTube videos that I find pretty interesting and pretty cool as well that maybe have to be shot, kind, kind of, you know? But yeah, anyway. I wish you the best health, all of happiness and also success and also hope that you're going to remind yourself and you're going to be remembered, which basically means your legacy basically means just being a nice person and being remembered as a nice person. Three other questions that I have here are why are you here, what are you trying to change and what is bothering you the most? These three questions are hopefully going to show you your purpose and maybe even a business idea. But yeah, with that being said, I'm hopefully going to see you the next time. So
0: bye bye and thank you a lot.